there is a dharma mm. there is a victory mm. but supreme court says dharma is totally to be rejected mm. for my functioning mm. shabrimala would not have been there if dharma was there so how do you say about it well if dharma is rejected means you are propagating a dharma Right. right. So Bhagavad this... Gita says, so what is not dharma is a dharma. Yeah. And what is not in pursuit of karma, which is then in not in pursuit of dharma, is akarma. So, so if you if you are rejecting dharma, that means you are an adharmic state. So, adharmic state, it is it is our duty to fight against the adharmic state, right? Just like Mahabharat happened against the dharma, we need to fight against the dharma. So, Mr. Ambedkar or Dr. Ambedkar was right when he says that I will be the first person to burn it. <laughs> so, why still we? consider this as a most sacred sacred than vedas and uh, gita and bhagavad well sacred you know the whole idea of a society being ruled by a book comes from the people of the book okay the the notion of people say are it will be lawless land hmm. what will be society without law what is this this is this is all abrahamic idea what does it mean lawless land So, what is the origin of Abrahamic law? God gave tab commandments to Moses, who brought tablets down from the mountain to give to the people. Okay, so the origin of law as sacred comes from there. This is one very interesting thing I realized when I was in America is that people take the law very seriously. Now we say, no, we are so uh, we are lawless people. We don't take law seriously. Americans take law very seriously. Why is it? It, firstly it is not our law secondly for the uh, christian society law and morality are the same thing law is determined by commandments so what is moral is legal and what is legal is moral for us that is an absurd idea especially because we've been fighting against if if legality and morality is the same then no question of civil disobedience occurs because civil disobedience is fundamentally saying that the law is immoral <laughs> right i am disobeying this because the law is immoral so so the very notion of making morality and legality the same is problematic and then we make the constitution sacred it is extremely problematic because it is coming from that commandment based system of saying moses gave tablets and our our constitution assembly gave this tablet and so this tablet is coming from above and it's sacred and we cannot challenge it we cannot question we cannot say what is the authority what is the authority what is the authority of this tablet who has authorized this tablet have the people if you say democracy have the people of india authorized it if it's a theocracy then you say has god authorized it who has authorized it <clears throat> right there must be a source of authority so i do not see that this colonial state has a source of authority in india in philosophy if you see the ultimate purpose or ultimate value is basically justice dispensation mm. right while in indic tradition it is the dharma mm. right in justice if you look at the greek philosophy or greek mythology sorry yes. you see that justice is a very revengeful or vengeful kind of concept mm. right if something bad has happened with someone okay let us a murder has happened so the other person should also be murdered to dispense I, the I, justice I, I, yeah yeah right while in indic tradition we have this concept of dharma if they don't accept this word itself okay this linguistic word dharma i think the problem is there right not even accepting that word well the word i mean the problem fundamentally 
the word is representing a certain theory or a certain a certain uh, system right so the word itself i mean it's important but i wouldn't say the problem is the word the problem is that the system of understanding that that word carries is not being reflected in what what is in fact <clears throat> somebody tried in europe to create a theory of justice a secular theory of justice and and they couldn't come up with it because it actually is the ultimate origin of these ideas is not secular at all it is based on christian theology you cannot separate them from christian theology <clears throat> even the notion of of separation of church and state is coming from render unto jesus or, or you know what is jesus and render unto the church what is churches right <clears throat> so what does that mean means that you assume that they are separable domains there is a separable domain <clears throat> which is the domain of god and there is a separable domain which is a domain of a, of secular uh, society uh, secular law but if you say if you take the indic idea we say everything that exists is brahman if everything that exists is brahman how do you separate domains right so that comes from a theology secularism is coming from christian theology it is not a neutral idea so one it's it may not be completely accurate to say that the constitution is a derivation of an abrahamic thought because actually the uk has no written constitution yes of course yeah and and in many ways when we look at what the constitution was i think what you pointed out i mean i agree with almost everything that yeah. you said is that the government of india act 1935 is about i would say 85% of our constitution yes. they stuck in something called that part three which is which is essentially a fundamental rights and that is by and large our constitution you should ever try ask any of the lawyers that were challenging you to go and argue their case without calling a judge my lord and they'll figure out how far they get uh, so there is that insistence yes um but and, and as i said i agree with almost everything that you said where i struggle with is where does the solution lie because there is also this we call something dharma but actually nobody can clearly understand what is dharma for different communities their dharmas are different different parts of india dharmas are different if we want a single nation how do you actually weave a single nation together uh very often what we believe i mean when we when we use the term hindu we essentially are using an european description of us uh i don't think before the european showed up we ever called ourselves hindu we ever called ourselves anything actually before yeah the hindu comes after the islamic religion true but yeah. as a religion yeah, yeah. uh the greek Yeah. you'll call people greek you'll call people yeah. hindu you'll sure. call people chinese it's not a description of the religion sure 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 um and so also how the various sort of religious philosophies traditional philosophies operate are very very different the fundamental bases are very different so there which is where part of the challenge is that how do you actually weave yeah. does it make sense to have a single nation or does it make sense to actually go back to the kind of nation that existed pre European rule, which is sort of disparate. Let, yeah, let me let me respond to that. In fact, I don't know if you've seen uh, another stringent talk I gave called uh, "Why India is a Nation." I did. Right. <clears throat> so the notion of nation, of course, is also we, it's coming from a particular European history <clears throat> that we are trying to apply. So the the question is much. Uh, I would say it in a different way. Was has there been an Indian civilization with a unity across this land? Yes, there has been. have there been kingdoms <clears throat> that have covered pretty much all of the geographical area yes they have been <clears throat> so now the question is is the nation based on you know enforcing this this one sort of very 
uh, strict uh, law on everybody is that what the nation is it doesn't come from i mean in the indian system we have notion of samanya dharma <coughs> so there is a, there is a layer of samanya dharma which is the law court law applicable to everybody but it is a very thin layer right so there is a lot of freedom within communities there is a lot of freedom within groups but there is a thin layer for instance there is no dispute that murder is a is is a punishable crime right so in in that gets covered in the samanya dharma right but whether some some community you know the children are marrying uh, at 17 and some they are marrying at 25 now the state is going to come and fix all of those this is not samanya dharma it makes no sense for the state to come in and start interfering and try to fix everybody and make everybody follow a uniform template which is again where that that law comes from saying and not only that they are declare, declaring that the somebody who married 17 is a rapist and who must go into jail under poxo act for decades or you know for for 7 8 years because they have said that this person is immoral person because they followed their tribal uh, tradition right of course gandhi married at whatever you know 12 or 13 so the father of the nation did something but now of course he is a rapist according to current law right and so are the the entire generation of our grandfathers and grandmothers and everything and we can accept this and this is okay right so it is a complete absurdity in the kind of laws that are created and the way they are pushed but i think in in a, and i'm not suggesting we go backwards what we have to do is we have to evolve a structure that is in consonance with the civilization but also evolves forward and i suggest rather than looking west we should look east we should look at japan we should look at china we should look at societies that have actually much closer civilizational uh, mooring to us and look at how they have evolved <clears throat> and and you know I, I, that is the way way forward for us rather than sticking to this notion of importing the western model into us So, sir, you talk about the economy, state interference in economy in this country, yeah. right? So, since independence, almost every single party has only implemented uh, policies that give more power to the state in terms of economy, right? And in the name of creating a welfare state, only implemented socialist policies, creating a much bigger government. Yeah. So, in a country like this, uh, is a free market possible or even desirable? Well, I think that uh, again, that debate of the free market versus socialism is also a debate that is a kind of an imported debate, right? so we have to look at economic models that uh, see when when you look when you have a sense of the four purusharthas when you are looking at dharma artha kama moksha as legitimate purusharthas right then the striving for artha is a legitimate purushartha the striving for kama is a legitimate purushartha as long as dharma is governing artha and kama right so if you look at it in that model the the i find a very interesting thing indian businessmen today in fact i can even give my own small example in that case they have this notion of reaching a place of being satisfied you will see in the western expansionist model of the corporation that doesn't happen right it is always unlimited growth unlimited greed right there is no restraining factor that says no no we have enough now i was working at microsoft um maybe about 18 years ago or so and uh, i saw okay okay maybe if i keep going i'll become a vice president i'll become you know some something but then i just said you know i have enough maybe i'll do something different right so i decided to leave it and then i you know went into art of living and other things and started to research our culture so it's a very small example but what i'm saying is that there's a cultural 
heritage that makes that possible. That makes that possible to say, no, no, I have enough. Right? So, if you take that notion, you forget the socialist capitalist model. You say that Artha is a very legitimate striving. It is an important striving. Uh, the Vaishya community or the people who are engaged in business and the Arth is, is an important, or for every human being, Artha is an important striving. And then, when you put in the balance of dharma, when you introduce the notion of dana, all those things, collectively, they take care of society. Taking care of society is also part of that, that system. And you don't need a socialist state to do it. <clears throat> Very simple example, and Guru Murthy Ji uses this example. In the US, you have a social security system. right? So the state will make sure that if you get old, somebody is go- the state is going to give you some pension. What is India's social security system? Family was the India's social security system. It taught a sanskar that says the child will, will take, care of take care of the parents. The parents will invest in the child. That is your social security investment. right? And the child will take care of the parent. right? You did not need the state to come in and fix people and enforce it through law because it is enforced outside of law. It is enforced it is in it is and it is done in a way which is much more it is much softer it is much more filled with heart than putting people in old age homes because you know social security is there and now you stick them there and that is the ideal society to emulate so one of the things that you said is you have criticized the courts a lot yes now can you precisely explain where my freedom of speech ends and where contempt of court begins <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, what what is there to explain? Contempt of court is is something that we have imported, right? And that, in fact, they don't have this strict notion of contempt of court anymore. Uh, so, in the, in the UK, it is much more uh, free in terms of criticizing court judgment than it is in India. And one of the things that I find, and I noticed this actually in Mexico when I was there, <clears throat> is that when you have a colonial implant, it is like you you try to plant a foreign body in soil which it didn't grow from. What happens is that it it stops growing. It actually freezes at the state where it was in. <clears throat> so in Mexico they are still doing the dances that the Spanish brought in the 16th century where the Spanish have uh, you know taken flamenco and they have gone much further and doing postmodern. But the, the Mexican flamenco is still the one that they are still doing in Spain in the 17th century. Right? It hasn't grown. So what happens is the the when you import something like when you put this sort of this is not from our soil this is an importation and it, it ceases to grow this is why our education system ceases to grow this is why our state system court system ceases to grow so we really have to figure out how to root it in the soil and then we can grow the point is the logic is a ready-made template hai. Or why to go through the whole wheel? Uh, 1935 Act to jo hai, wo colonial mindset se bana tha. But what about the things that we picked from other countries' constitution? <clears throat> no, like we have, we have like the the you know uh, Bill of Rights and so on and so forth. Your rights-based discourse hai, shuru ka jo constitution mein, that is something we picked up. But even that is problematic because Indic civilization was not based on a rights-based discourse. Dharma is is much bigger than rights. Right? It takes rights, responsibilities, all of that comes in one package. Because if you have only a rights-based discourse without having internalized the notion of what is my responsibility, right? so then it goes out of whack. Which is what we find over and over again, which is what is happening. in the. You say, 
women's rights, you say this right, you said that right, but the context of how, what is it that that enables the society to work gets lost because it becomes a binary thing. So some minors rights now are protesting as women rights, so it becomes a war, right? Everywhere it becomes lower caste versus upper caste, you create these binaries where now you are in a constant state of conflict. You create an other, you define the other and then you are in conflict with the other. And the rights-based discourse often leads to that kind of situation. The Indic system avoided that by doing it a much subtler way. In fact, in Indic system, we don't even have commandments. We have Maryada Purushottam. We have Adarsh Purush. <clears throat> so we have, because the, the story has complexity, a commandment loses complexity. Right? But the story has so, so much complexity and, and in dealing with the story, in arguing the story, in saying whether Sita was, uh, Ram was wrong or right and what he did and what, what did Sita do and what should have Anuman done and all these, you know, was the Sugriva right or wrong. In the argument is where the understanding of dharma increases. Right? So the argument is not a bad thing. Argument is a great thing. This is developing our fundamental ability to be moral people. And this is a way in which it was taught to India is unprecedented. We were taught to be moral people at a very fundamental level without the state having to come and enforce law and enforce morality. Right? So this is where we have to, we have to kind of value that and figure out a way where we can bring that up and forward.